Welcome in today for our security sessions panel discussion. Um, I've brought together some real celebrities in this space. Uh, we have Mike Miller, Will, and Stas joining us to discuss uh, the concept of VCSOs. Are they here to stay? How long have they been here? What is a VCSO? Uh, we'll cover the whole gamut today. Uh, but without further ado, uh, let's just kind of meet our guests that are going to kind of add to this conversation. So, uh, Mike, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves, telling yourself, uh, telling us a little bit who you are, what you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you guys uh, thinking of me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so, yeah, my name is Mike Miller. I am currently a VCISO at Appalachia Technologies. And uh, wow, yeah, I've been in the field for about 25 years, started at desktop support and kind of, you know, worked my way through. And uh, so now I, um, like I said, serve as a VCISO and help multiple organizations just try to align themselves with the decent security posture so that's kind of my daily goal very cool well thanks for being here again uh will maybe introduce yourself as well i'd like to hear a little bit about yourself sure uh, again awesome to be here will kusovsky i'm the uh, chief security architect for avertium so full service uh, consulting and managed services firm similar to mike 24-ish years something like that in the industry um, the majority of that spent in consulting and managed security firms. Um, you know, the advantage I have is within those types of service organizations, I've worked in pretty much every department that exists <laughs> over the course of my life. So whether it's been in product development, product management, or in, you know, delivery services, and yeah, spent a lot of my career really just working with CISOs, um, helping them solve their problems, both big and small, uh, strategic and tactical. And so, yeah, happy to, uh, excited to dig into this topic. I've actually talked about this similar topic before on another podcast, so it's going to be fun. Very awesome. good. Cool. And Stas, uh, introduce yourself, yep. please. Sure. I'm Stas Majuka. Um, I'm the CEO and uh, founder of Compile. Um, my background is information security. Um, I've got about 20 years of experience in the space. Um, everything from, I started, uh, I started working on computers when I was in high school. Um, I ended up getting paid by the high school when I was still there to en engineer their network. Um, I've got a degree in the space, um, I've got a bunch of accreditations, and I've been a CISO multiple times for both quite large organizations, smaller organizations, and um, now we're just helping, uh, we're helping companies get their information security posture up off the ground, um, and just, uh, you know, help, helping them build a robust security program. Great, great. Well, uh, I appreciate each of you being here, and uh, this is going to be a good chat. Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you, maybe just setting the scene for us. So, you know, for those that maybe aren't that familiar, the VCSO, virtual CISO role, how long has this role been out there? Is it mainstream? Did COVID and kind of everyone going remote make it more of mainstream? Just kind of maybe set the scene of kind of what this role is and how it, how it kind of came to be. Yeah, no problem. So it, it's been there for a while. It's definitely, um, you're, you are seeing it more and, you know, and I guess I'll back up a second and explain the difference between a CISO and a VCISO because some know and, you know, some don't know. So, so at, a, at a high level, a CISO is someone who works defensively at an, at an organization trying to help them, you know, get from point A to point Z, you know, strategically aligning helping a company strategize, um, you know, whether it's using a framework or what have you um, to help them better their security posture. However, a, a CISO comes at a, at a high cost sometimes. In many organizations, SMBs, 
have a hard time paying those, those you know, those high rates. So that's where the VSISO comes in. Um, it's more a fractional service, right? So like the company I work for, um, you know, we may we may have uh, VSISOs that are serving for three or four different organizations that are fractional. They may serve for five or 10 hours a week for company A, five or 10 hours a week for company B. And really the goal is um, to help a company strategize, make sure that they're prioritizing right, make sure that they help them um, ensure that they're not wasting resources, wasting budgets and things like that with no direction, right? So, so we help them you know, with short-term plans and long-term plans, because as you know, making changes and, you know, if you're, if you're an SMB that's starting out with nearly, you know, nothing, um, it could take a while, right? It could take a couple of years to get to where you need to be or more. So we, we help them short-term and then long-term kind of develop, you know, a kind of a, a pathway there. Interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, it's interesting to think about because I, th I think, in conjunction with this being a little more mainstream, the more with more and more uh, businesses kind of going to the cloud, right? Yeah. Um, that I think what's what's pulling or what's a, a, a you talk about cause and effect, like maybe an organization that didn't think about security so much now that they're deployed in the cloud. Yeah. Whether you are a security person or not, you're probably realizing that security needs to be something you're bringing into the fold sooner than later. Um, Will, how do, how do you kind of think about that from just organizations needing to mature security programs probably a little sooner than maybe they did in years past? Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's interesting you talk about, you know, maturing the security program because, I think you know I probably started talking about and selling VSISO services at least a decade ago, so probably 2014, wow. maybe even. Uh, and I think we kind of had the same thing happen that always happens in our industry. Um, and, and as somebody who works very closely with marketing, you know, I'll take offense to this myself, but the terminology gets kind of clouded. Right. Uh, and a lot of organizations, you know, to, to Mike's point, you know, the, the whole idea was, hey, I'm too small to go hire a very expensive CISO, but I still need to manage that program. Um, so I'll contract with you. And then what's what kind of blossomed out of that from the consulting side of the house was, well, OK, you've got a CISO maybe, but you've got this really big program you need to drive and you don't have an executive that can do that. So here's somebody that can do that or you're a multi-conglomerate and you've got to manage the security of all of these other organizations. So, Hey, we're going to, we're going to sell you a VC. So, and so what, what happened is it started to kind of take on this term of um, someone who's going to come in and work strategically, right. At sort of that executive level, but maybe they're not necessarily signing off on the line. So I think there are two things, right. And we could get into the, the, the minutia of what fractional versus uh, like we'll, we see um, temporary ones, interim ones, right? Organization loses their CISO. We're going to fill that hole for you for a little while while you go and help find another one or an organization who's decided, hey, I need a CISO now, right? Um, and But I don't know how to find one. What does that look like? So, we, you know, you, you put a VCSO in there to help with the v, with the CISO search, right? So, um, you know, to me, th those all have really different 
at the end of the day, those are different types of services they get delivered. But I think our industry has just kind of accepted that that is all blanketed into being VC. So these days, so uh, I think you start to see individuals take that moniker on, you know, themselves, you'll see a lot of people on LinkedIn who will call themselves a VC. So, and that could mean anything from, you know, they answer the phone when a client calls and gives them some advice to no, they actually go in and build the program and run it. So I think that's, that's kind of the chat. It's not a challenge. It's just the, you know, the reality of, of what, of what it is today. It is scary too, because it is a term that's used very loosely. And yeah. just you said, well, you see people putting it in their title on LinkedIn, you know, with a year and a half of experience <laughs> in, <laughs> IT, yeah. in IT. And next thing yeah. you know, you're going into an organization and just getting spun in circles. So, yeah. and it doesn't help. Oh, good, Brian. Or, or they've never they've never been a CISO a CISO anywhere else, right? I mean, I literally had this debate with a with a VC so a few weeks ago, but uh, it, sorry, just to touch on Will on Will's point, right? Like, I I think the world of technology has just changed so much since since cloud computing, right? So, like when you said 2014, I mean that's pretty much like I remember starting working with a company where they were an early adopter of AWS, and they're like everyone that they were pitching their product to, they're like no, 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 it has to be in the data center that we recognize. It has to be you know, a tier one data center, I think it's tier one, I can't remember if it's tier four or one, that's good. But anyways, um, and, you know, it was really hard to pass those assessments at the time. And and I think the VC so part really started kicking in around that that time as well, because a lot of the stuff that companies were doing were was very inward facing. So like they didn't have much exposure, right? Everything was kind of buried in their data centers. They would open up a point here or a point there, um, a VPN here, or a VPN there. Whereas like now with cloud, everything is open and everything is opt out, not opt in. So I think that has really progressed the need for CISOs and having somebody that's familiar with, with the security space and like just knowing what, you know, how these cloud providers operate and what and what they're trying to do. Um, anyways, that's just my two cents on that. Right. And that, that actually brings a little risk too. like, well, you can see how things have changed, right? Because now today going to the cloud the the least of your concern is the physical security that you don't have to worry about right that's <laughs> like that thing that they you know but um you know looking at those less experienced individuals who are taking on that role you know the the actual CISOs in these organizations fought for so long to be considered an executive right yeah. um you know we still see organizations today who have a CISO reporting to a CIO which is you know yeah. a big flag that that's you know an immature security organization and then now you've got, uh, you know, individuals kind of taking on that moniker and kind of not helping the fact that, hey, we still, you know, we this needs to be executive level decision. And I think that's something that uh, needs to be stressed in those organizations looking for it. You know, there's one thing for, you know, the sales guy to tell the customer, hey, you need this kind of service. It's, it falls under our VCSO category. It's another thing for an individual to say, hey, I'm a security executive and I'm going to sign up and tell you all the right things to do with five years of experience. Um, that's dangerous. <laughs> for, for sure. Yeah. Mike, Mike, I'm curious, kind of as 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 this kind of VC so role has uh, kind of been blossoming, um, have you seen any industry specifically that's in need of this over another uh, industry? Is, is there one industry that's kind of leading the way um, or is it fairly balanced? It's a good question. So I would say not any particular industry as much as um, companies and organizations that are held to compliance standards or compliance frameworks, right? So, so for instance, um, you know, you have companies in the in the PCI world, you know, that are 
you know, anywhere from a level one to a level four PCI merchant that yep. needs to become PCI compliant. But now all of a sudden, you know, they had a PCI gap assessment and realized that they're, you know, 50 or 60% compliant and they need to drive a plan to be able to get there. And now all of a sudden they need to bring in leadership or some, you know, strategic advice to get there. So I can't really say industry specific, but I could say it's mainly, I think it's still driven. Unfortunately, this whole industry, as you guys know, is driven by compliance. It's, it's fortunate and unfortunate, right? Yep. But I yep. still feel that compliance is the number one driver for these types of things. Or an incident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, yeah, I think to Mike's point, there's, I think there's probably a customer profile that exists and that may exist in certain industries more than others yeah. um, because, you know, to, to the point, it's not an inexpensive service to consume, right? Um, it, it may be, you know, when employed properly can be cheaper than having an actual CISO on site, right? That's the whole point. Um, yeah. Or knowing, especially if you don't need to fulfill that role full time. So I think that's kind of where it comes down to. It's not necessarily, oh, this is an this is like you know retail organizations, especially on the the lower margin side, not the luxury goods. You know, they may be more cost sensitive, but it may that doesn't necessarily make them a good candidate to have a VC. So right, but it's more about um, you know how often did you need that? What level of uh, of commitment do you need from the organization? Yeah. Absolutely, Stas, Stas. I'm curious. You know, Mike was talking about uh, the industry this kind of being driven by compliance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand you're more on the MSP side, but how do you how do you think about that when you're talking to prospects, leads, uh, people looking for direction? Do you find compliance to be the, the driver on that side as well? Or is, are there other other kind of low hanging fruit that exists? So my background is mostly financial services. So right when I got into the space, I mean, I went from, you know, uh, you know, doing some stuff in high school, going to university, and then I pretty much went directly to financial services. And like, obviously, that is, you know, a, a very good place to learn what good looks like from a compliance perspective. Um, so it was always just really ingrained in me that, you know, you know, we need to have Chinese walls, we need to separate front front office, back office, there needs to be a bunch of controls, we have all these reporting requirements. And, you know, um, that was just, I just thought that was the norm until I got out of the financial services <laughs> space and then went to go see what the rest of the world was doing. Um, and I, I think to you know, to Mike's point, right? I mean, compliance really does drive it. And people do try and do the bare minimum, right? Even when, and I don't know, Mike, if like Mike will, I'm sure you probably experienced this as well, but like I, then I hope this doesn't say anything bad about me, but like I've been brought into many organizations where they're like, we have this problem. We need to solve it. We need to do it in this, you know, this period of time. And then you tell them like, this is what we need to do. This is the plan. This is how much it's going to cost. We agree to it. We start working on it. And then all of a sudden, like, no, maybe we shouldn't do this. Or do we really need this? Or maybe we should pivot here. And it's just kind of one of those things. Like, if you didn't want the help, then like, why did we agree? To, like, why did we start working on this? And it's kind of the same thing. Like, when, it, like, it, it's the same thing if like, you, you know, you brought in legal counsel or you brought in. Um, you brought in an HR, um, you know, consultant uh, to help you with your HR needs or your financial services or sorry, with your finance or your, or, you know, your legal, you're going to listen to them, right? Because they're the experts in the space. But like this space is very odd because like there is a lot of, um, you know, 
is this really still like i think a lot of industries are still seeing it as like is this really necessary do i really have to spend money on this because at yeah. the end of the day it is a cost center so yeah, I, I i would attribute a lot of that to being uh or you know we as security professionals and, and the vc so especially has had to come from it security right and so you know the fact is security is a business conversation and so again going back to that the VC so has to elevate that conversation at the executive level. That's where they yes. need to be working. That's where they need to be impacting. And this idea of, oh, we need a little help to do this one thing. I mean, I know for our contracts, when we do it, it's very like there are deliverables tied to it. Like we're going to go drive this program. These are the outcomes. It's not just a random bucket of hours and you call a lifeline when you need help because that doesn't give you any value, right? You need to have, bring you, you know, you need to go on with a decision, you know, the, the thought that we're going to be making some decisions, we're going to be doing some good and not having to backtrack for sure. Yeah. I see a VCISO being that conduit to, you know, us, us IT guys, we're not always the best communicators. We're geeks, right? We like, to, we like to dive in, we like to get our hands dirty. And, you know, many of us just aren't good communicators. So the problem that you see is you have, fantastic IT teams, but then you have the business, right? But sometimes that communication between the IT team and the business stakeholders, board, what have you, the communication isn't spoken in a language that the business can understand, right? Yeah, FTP version, whatever is still active. And, you know, when you do all this stuff, but what does that mean for the organization? It means if, if we don't do A, B, and C, we're not going to be able to sell widgets if this happens, right? So it's that person that has to be able to communicate to those stakeholders, the board, what have you, to make them realize, okay, maybe we shouldn't be looking at this as let's just do what we need to do to become compliant. Let's let's do what we need to do to make sure that you that you have a business continuity, right? So and sometimes a VCISO is more effective, a non-biased person that's not within the organization coming in and saying, you know what, we better get things fixed up here or, you know, X, Y, and Z could, could potentially happen. Yeah. Absolutely. I had somebody once tell me that uh, it, it's once the guy in the tie says it, then it's true. Right. So yeah. that's not where it ties. Yeah. yeah. Ties. I don't either. <laughs> but the, you know, the CISO internally, and I had another CISO tell me his, his title stood for chief inside sale selling officer, because again, <laughs> you know, every, I, I've, I've had this conversation, you know, especially with individual contributors and individuals who are very technically mindset being frustrated with sort of like executives and management. And you don't understand that, that they, you know, the, the VC so is going to have a lot of information that you don't and that, you know, that knowing that FTP stuff is fine, but like, I have to make a decision about all of these other things because yep. at the end of the day, the business's job is to sell widgets or whatever. Yeah. Right. And if, yep. if, if what we're doing doesn't support that, then that's how the decisions are made. It doesn't matter how cool that new technical thing is you want to do or that one-to-one -one product comparison, right. There's going to yeah. be more strategic <laughs> things that are going to be made. And Again, we go back to that challenge of somebody with less experience that can't articulate that or yeah. understand that is is a risk. Yeah, and many times, many times, business or IT teams are coming at the organization saying we need we need these new platforms or this new software, and then you realize that you know there there are so many things, so many assets that the organization already has that could be implemented, but you don't have the right resources Perfect. to implement them. So why are we buy more software? So it takes someone. From that level from that outside view to say okay what do we have how are we using it and you know and so on how can we be more effective 
and the experience they have with doing that before, right? And and being able to articulate to yeah. the organization, to be able to understand what the organization is, you know, creating and selling widgets. Well, what widgets are they? How do we how do we get them? What are the customer yeah. what does the customer care about? And then putting an actual plan or articulating it properly to the to the board or whoever to get that across. Like I think that's super that's super valuable. It's super valuable, and it often doesn't happen. You get that mix of both technical and uh, soft skills as well. It's a very it's a very rare uh, combination of people, yeah. um, but it's it's super important. Interesting Absolutely. anecdote on that. I uh, I know a very large company that was looking to staff a CISO, not a VCSO, um, but they specifically wanted somebody from consulting, right. um, not another CISO to come in because of that, because they were doing digital transformation, because they were doing change, because they needed somebody to have that perspective, not necessarily, you know, head converse, you know, the technical CISO or these different <laughs> type of you yeah. know, internal CISO, but wanting somebody with that consulting mindset who can come in and kind of take a look at everything. So uh, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no gibberish, right? Just just tell me what it is and tell me what the risks are and lay it out to me. And if you can do it in a monetary uh, with the monetary figure, that'd be the best way. Yeah. Will, I'm curious. Um, you know, Mike kind of touched on this, but maybe help me think about this correctly. Are there like is it, on the consulting side, are there signals that like you know somebody is saying to you and you're saying, okay, you're not you're you you think you need a a, a piece of software you don't need a piece of software you need a vc so or vice versa they're coming to you saying i need a vc so or do i need a vc so like are there signals around that or or is it not that easy to kind of diagnose yeah i think there absolutely are and it really comes down to having a a consultative approach Right. The hardest thing for a salesperson to do is to is to be given an opportunity to say, hey, I need this and not just fulfill that. Um, but, you know, partnering with the organization, saying, OK, what is it that's driving that? Do you understand what's driving that? Um, you know, personally, every time somebody, you know, CISO told me they needed this new piece of technology, I always ask about, you know, their prior risk assessments and, you know, their current roadmaps and their compliance requirements and how that feeds into it. Right. And yeah. so. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, asking just that one question will be an indicator of they didn't do those things, which means they, you know, for some, you know, so there may be a gap in leadership, they may have a CISO who doesn't understand how to do that, it may have no CISO, you know, be, you know, so there's definitely indicators to say, hey, you yeah. need this type of service, um, even if you do have a CISO in place, right? So again, um, we say VCSO, but that could be V deputy CISO, that could be a BSO, uh, that could be, you know, um, any sort of number of these programmatically driven uh executive level sort of roles that need to be filled that's interesting and then mike kind of you know flipping that on its head uh, again i want to make sure i'm thinking about this correctly but so you get brought into the fold and there's a number of initiatives that maybe an organization is looking <clears throat> to kind of yeah do uh you're a one-man band right you're you're not a magician so at yep. some point you may also need to recommend hey I'm here, this is the roadmap, but to get from point A to point B, we may need to go and find a couple pieces of software or make an, an, another investment, yeah. actually make these goals reality. Yep, you're exactly right. And the thing is, every every VSISO engagement is different. I can't say I've been on one that's the <laughs> same, right? Even though every organization, every organization has risks, but every organization has different risks. Every organization has different IT teams and different levels of knowledge and different leadership. So for me, um, 
one of the things that I that I like to look at first is show me your policies and procedures. Okay. And yeah. so quickly, for, and and yeah. you can tell the maturity of an organization in a heartbeat when they say, oh, yeah, I, th I think we have a policy somewhere. Yeah. Let me get that sent to you. And I'm like, oh, no, right? Or they they send you these templated policies that have been updated in 2013, right? Haven't mm -hmm. been annually reviewed, haven't been revised. Or the policies are, you know, effective. They're they're new. They've been you know evaluated. But you start digging in and asking for evidence. Okay, so we're doing this. Your policies talk about a a uh, hardware configuration standard. You know, let's see that standard and how how you deploying this, right? Well, I don't know. We never really thought of that. So it's you can tell the maturity of an organization really fast just by. For me, that's the roots. I start the policies, I teacher standards, and go from there. That's so funny. Like literally, like you're briefing the converter. Like the, the first thing I do, network diagram, and let me see the policies, and that yeah. and that tells me everything you need to know. Yeah, uh, funny. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I like to ask them about their asset management. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 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 My third, and if if they actually have an asset register, is it actually have you actually classified it, and can I see the classification level? If it, it includes more than printers and laptops, I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so they, most people don't or they don't understand applications and data or assets. Yeah, and you can't protect what you don't know you have. That is okay. that is step one. You have to know yeah. what you have. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting having the three of you discuss this topic because the three of you are, I think, all on board with there's, um, first of all, th these are complex challenges. These aren't, these aren't easy fixes. Low hanging fruit is few and far between in the, for wins when organizations are looking to get secure, right? We could do things really quickly but they might not be done really well. And then you kind of get yourself in a little pickle there. But, you know, Mike, from your side, the VC, so Will, you come in and you have a lot of experience on the consulting side. And then Stas, you you built a whole solution around this and a business around offering, you know, uh, a lot of uh, direction because organizations need it. Um, so this has just been really I think helpful, and I think those that get a chance to watch this will find a lot of uh, a lot of gems in here. Um, so I appreciate the three of you and your time, um, and I hope we could do it again and maybe dive into another uh, another fun topic. Always oh. happy to. Absolutely, and thank you guys for having me. I appreciate thank it. You. Great crew for sure. Thank cool. you very much, Mike. Nice to meet you again, Will. Great to see you as always. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. Loved it. Be well. Take care, everyone.